0: Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to episode one fifty four.
1: We made it.
0: We are here, and uh, we we uh, we have a. We were just discussing the question that we're going to talk about today before we hit record, and we all agree we're going to have lots to say. So
2: I think we should get right to it. I do too. Should. This will be an unusual one that we yes. won't banter.
0: No, I don't think so. And and I also wanted to say um, this question, and this was a. Uh, It hit me because I feel a lot of, uh, well, there's some sorrow in it, and I don't want to take it lightly. And so we're going to get right to it. A question about marriage today, and the question asker says, I entered a marriage that was not pure and of God, and now, many years later, we remain broken. My spouse refuses therapy, hardly even talks to me. I'm not interested in anyone else and recognize that divorce would have a significant impact on our children. Am I meant to live in a loveless marriage? Is this the consequence of not saving sex for marriage or consulting God's will more than I have? I don't understand how God would want things the way they are, but I know they won't change without a miracle. How am I supposed to keep going in a one-way loveless marriage? I just wanted to say... To whoever wrote this question, how sorry I am that mm-hmm. you are in this situation, and that I can feel the pain in, in that question. And um, I want to acknowledge that, and and let you know that I, I hear that, and I, uh, I I'm, I'm I don't have words for that part.
2: Um, yeah, I, I I feel the same thing, and want to acknowledge that as well as mm-hmm. uh, I uh, I appreciate you uh, trusting us enough yeah, to ask this absolutely. question, and I know. You're anonymous, so that mm-hmm. it's a little, maybe a little easier. But there's a lot, there's a lot to feel for you in there, and uh, I want to honor you by trying to answer as clearly as we can. Yeah. Um, but don't think there's anything but kindness and love toward you, and mm-hmm. what we have to say uh, about this. So
0: yeah. Because uh, it might be hard. Um,
2: it, it's already
0: difficult. I can see. Uh, yeah. But the the. The way forward might, I've I've said this to many people who've come to me for counseling, I've said, you know, things might have to get worse before they get better. Mm -hmm. And I sense that this might uh, be the case as well. I don't know for sure. Um,
2: Well, and it might be that it's, it might be that there's just a, I, there may be a, a fact of you've, you know, there's so much in that question, I'm trying to pick at the right place I want to start. I guess I want to start because this is always a big deal to me. I want to defend the honor of God a little bit in that you said, I can't imagine that God wants it this way. I can guarantee you that's true. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: I don't want anybody hearing that and thinking, because you said, is this the consequence Mm -hmm. of that? Well, there are some consequences to not doing what God, and you said you know that there were things you should have done. There are some natural consequences. doesn't mean God caused them. That's right. Most of the commands of God when God says, and this will happen if you do it, is not God saying, and I'm going to make that happen. That's yeah, true. that's right. It's just God, it's like you telling your kid, hey, if you stand on that top step and you jump off of it, there's a real good chance you're going to break something. You're not making the bone break, but there's a real good chance that's going to happen to your kid. And so God knows if you go into a relationship that you make, um, you know, permanent vows, mm-hmm. and you don't go about it in the right way, there are consequences. He didn't sure. make them that way, but they are there. So that's that's where I want to start on that little part. That's
0: exactly where I wanted to start as well. So thanks for addressing that, Ed. I, I will also say to jump off of that point, um, I can hear in the way that you've asked the question, you know, that. You're wondering, did I do something wrong that has now led our marriage to be broken, to use your words, to be loveless? And as Ed said, I don't know. Maybe you might be suffering some consequences. But I also know this as well, and this can be true at the same time, that your marriage consists of two people Mm -hmm. who are making decisions simultaneously that um, might very well contribute to the marriage being healthy or the opposite. And so um, just because you may have made some bad decisions in the past does not necessarily mean that that's the only reason for what's going on now. There are two people making lots of decisions all the time, daily decisions um, to either lean into one another or to turn away from one another. And um, I don't know who's at more at fault, and that doesn't even matter. Um, but if you will view your, you will view the problem in your marriage from that perspective rather than, is there something way back here in my past that needed right. fixing? They're, the solution to the, the problems are always right here in the present, in this moment. Um, and, it, and like you said, may not involve two willing participants. I I wanted to say to you, you had mentioned um, that your spouse won't go to therapy and won't work on this. So, again, I don't know because I'm not there. Maybe you are stuck in a situation where you really want to change things and you really want to get help, and your spouse says, no, I don't want to get help. I want things to stay the same way. Um, My best counsel to you is you continue on the path that you're on um, of seeking help and seeking therapy yourself.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, I, I see, I see, um, people all the time who come and they say, I've got a marriage problem, but my spouse won't come. Well, we can still start working on you. And there are things that you can, you can begin to do right now that, whereas no, no amount of therapy is ever going to, uh, is ever going to give you a silver bullet. that's going to change your spouse. Right. That's never going to happen. It takes to willing participants. But if you're a willing participant, you can begin to make the change that only you can make. And that's valuable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I
1: do. And, I do. and,
2: so. and if you're a willing participant, the, your circumstances may not change because sometimes our circumstances don't change, but we change. Yes. And the same circumstances become with Jesus as I learned to do life with him mm-hmm not as someone who will fix everything in my life but somebody who will go with me through things that may not be fixed they may not be fixed i become a different person and i'm able to find joy in the midst of things that are that hard to deal with
0: that reminds me of an example that um i had someone come to me uh and it's a it's a different situation but similar Yeah, it was a a woman who was at odds with her uh, adult child who had cut them off, would not allow her to be in the life of her grandchildren. So she comes to me and said, how do I get them to let me in? And part of the work that we had to do together was to help, as Ed said, help her to develop into the kind of person that even if that situation did not change, that her and God together could weather this and get through this whether or not that that her son ever came back around and i can tell you uh, as, as, as without giving away many details this person uh who came to me and was just distraught i'll never be happy because this is the way my life is mm-hmm. i see her today pretty regularly and there is a joy and a peace mm-hmm. and a and a even a love for her son in her that was not there before. And is the situation better? No. And is she happy about it? No. But like you said, she's better. And she is weathering this situation, circumstance that she finds herself in, in a Christ-honoring way that I, I, I cannot even describe to you. And so what I'm saying is, even if your situation doesn't change, there is hope for you to be better
2: in the midst of it. Yeah, Yeah, and I I don't wanna just keep cutting in and Nathan not get a chance to Mm -hmm. say anything, but I think about the part that you say, you know, I know that there are consequences for my kids if I get a divorce. There are benefit for your kids if you decide to become the kind of person that you should be in your marriage in spite of the marriage not being, your marriage may never be the perfect example you would want your kids to have. Mm but you can become a perfect example of what to do when you're in a bad situation. Because the one thing I know for sure, I have never known parents in tough situations, no matter how young their kids are, that are able to hide from their kids what they think they're hiding from their kids. Mm -hmm. And but you can demonstrate to something that they're gonna need, whether they ever get married or not, you know as well as I do that at some point your children are going to have a really, really tough thing happen to them. That's just normal for life. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, In this world, you will have trouble. He didn't say some of you. In this world, you're going to have trouble. And they're going to have needed someone, a like mom, I take it, uh, or. Maybe a dad. I can't remember. Was does it? No, does they really say, don't d-
0: d- divulge this, if this is a husband or a
2: wife. They, so. so whoever this is, they're going to need an example of somebody that learned how to do a really difficult thing with Jesus, who can help them know how to do a really difficult thing with Jesus in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I liked what, and as I said, we were talking about this before we ever hit record. Nathan, you said something before we went live that I thought I want you to say it again sure. about. The comment that this person makes about, am I meant to be in a loveless marriage? Mm -hmm. I thought your perspective on that was real
1: good. Yeah, I said that uh, I've had a a similar conversation in the past about a loveless relationship. And I said, uh, it's never loveless if you choose to love. Now, I I don't mean that to sound um, snarky because I understand what you mean is you are in a marriage where you are not receiving Love maybe in the way that you want to, or maybe at all. Maybe it's possible you're in a marriage and you are the only person putting effort in. That may be possible. Uh, It may also be that you're in a marriage and the way that the love is coming in is in a way that you are not currently able to receive it or understand it. That's also possible. But I understand that's what you mean. But I think even to back up before that to the reason I said it is, um, and we've said this before about marriage, but I think this is true about everything really in life. God's goal is for me to become a person of love. Um, it is not for me to, be, uh, to find out a way to have the best possible life, uh, to have the best possible marriage, to have the best possible situation that I'm in. Uh, obviously, God would want me to be in a situation where I'm in, I'm, I'm in um, both people love one another, or in, or in any situation, God wants it to be uh, the way that he would have it be. But because of sin, and maybe not even your sin, maybe not even your choices. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my family uh, currently is because of just the nature of our family. We live under the consequences of other people's sin. It is the nature. My children live with consequences that are not their sin. And every day they deal with these things. Uh, and the other day I had to have a conversation with one of my daughters because it was just one of those just tough days for them. And I said, at some point, you're going to have to understand this feeling is probably never going away. This sadness that you have until you're dead and with Jesus may never be fully healed and fully gone. Does that mean you can never have a good life? Does that mean that there is no way for you to find joy and peace? And I said, the way you do is you become the kind of person who truly your goal is to love God and love other people. And what you find is that the love you get from God is sufficient enough. And I said to her, I said, what that means is it's all you need. Mm-hmm. It is all you need. Even in sadness, it is all you need. And so I would say to you in your marriage, God's goal for you is to become a person of love. And what that means is, is that every person, but in, in this particular case, your spouse becomes the object of your desire to, that they would experience life in the best possible way, that they would have things the best possible way. And it changes your attitude. And I have been in a relationship that has been very close to me where I would I would say the other person did not return the kind of love to me uh, that I was giving. I've, I have felt many times it was one way. Uh, But what I found was when I chose to say this person, though at times they were even my enemy, I chose to love them and want what's best for them. Suddenly it changed my experience of even the things they would do that were kind of curses towards me. It changed my experience of that And I don't know what your relationship is. So I'm not saying it's even uh, remotely similar or whatever, but I've been in a relationship with someone who was very close to me. And I knew the right thing for me to do in that particular relationship was to continue to try and work on the relationship and love this person, forgive them, continue to work towards it. And over the years I have found when I chose, my goal is not to make this relationship the way it should be, because as you've already said, that requires both people to work. It may never get to the way God would intend the relationship, mm-hmm. but I can become the way God intends me to be. Mm-hmm. And it, do, it doesn't make my experience the way God would want it to be. Well, maybe let me rephrase that. It does make my experience the way God would want it to be because I am loving this person, but it doesn't make the relationship, or in your case, the marriage, mm-hmm. the way that God always intended it to be. Well, and the,
0: go ahead. I was just going to say, and maybe because of what because I. I just want to acknowledge that, that's hard truth that you, mm, Nathan that just spoke. And, and you're not going to hear that anywhere else. Most people would just say, well, if you're not happy, just bail.
1: Right.
2: Um, God, does, God wants you to be yeah, happy. God that's one of the most happy. common things. And yeah. It's, that's a hard verse to find. It's very hard. <laughs>
0: but what I was going to say to that is is when, when you wrestle with this, and I, I would imagine if I were you, I'd be really wrestling with, with that idea right now. I just wanted to say to you, there may be a, a period of time where you need to spend some time mourning what, what you yes. have lost. And that's okay, too. And crying out to God in that state of, you know, there's plenty of examples in the scriptures that you can yes. go to. The book of Lamentations, many of the Psalms, uh, what we call the, you know, the Psalms of Lament, where you just mourn something that you see I don't currently have and may not ever get. Yes. And, and, and that's okay. And you can, you can be drawn closer to the Father in that way as well to, to then go forward. Because I know your question is, how do I keep going in a marriage like this? And I think that's one key to it is, is, is lament. I think the other key to it is you, you really can't do this alone. Yes, And um, that was going to be another piece of, that I wanted to touch on is, you know, whatever happens... Going forward, uh, if you don't, and maybe you already do, but if you don't have trusted brothers or sisters yes. in Christ that are walking with you through this, you really need to get some and real fast, in my opinion.
2: And be honest. And I know often people think, well, for the sake of my spouse, if they ever were to change, I don't want to ruin these people's opinions. Mm. It may mean you can't tell everybody you have who's a Christian, who is not the kind of, if you haven't seen people love other people in hard situations, maybe you don't tell them. But there are people you can tell that you can trust that when your spouse changes, which we pray the Holy Spirit would be at work and that will happen, Mm -hmm. that they would be so overjoyed the other person would never know they knew anything was going on, but you need support. I, uh, I, Jason's absolutely, you cannot do it alone. You need Jesus. But as we said in the previous, the one just before this, a part of that is having other people with you. You mm-hmm. must have other people, and they have to be the kind of people who will hold you to the same standard Jesus would hold you to in a loving way that would help you fulfill his desire for your life, which isn't happy. It's holy. Yeah, it's he wants you to be holy. Yeah,
0: and the other thing I was going to say is the third thing is is there needs to be a lot of prayer. Mm. Uh, yeah, and as Ed already alluded to, alluded to, you, by all means, you need to be praying for your spouse, that God would change his or her heart, um, and 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 draw them back towards you. That that's a prayer that you pray often, but at the same time, you need other people, uh, praying for that and for you. Yep. Um, there is much power in in that, and I and I don't want to assume you're not already doing that. Maybe you are, um, but if not, that needs to become a part of your going forward as well.
2: And I don't know where your kids are. You talked about your kids, but you know, if you're a dad and you have kids that you know, as they get older, they're gonna they're, they're you're not gonna be able to hide it. No, that's so you you shouldn't even try. No, but you will need to help them interpret your behavior yes. of i'm i'm not being a doormat i'm i'm living up to something i said i would do mm-hmm. and this is what i believe jesus wants me to do mm-hmm. and it's not loveless i love i love this woman or if you're the woman you say the same kind of thing and it may they've already both said it i i think of really close friends of mine who were in a tough situation for years and years and years and i had to start with both of them saying to me i guess you're going to have to love the other person as your enemy Mm-hmm. And you're just going to have to see it that way. I am obeying Jesus. He, You know, the thing with us saying love everyone always, always at Community Christian is, I think people think, well, just be nice to everybody. Right. But everybody ain't going to be nice to you, and Jesus doesn't really give you an out. Mm-hmm. He says, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. And I'm not... It, I hope you're. If you're being abused and you didn't say that, yes. that's, oh, a, sure. that's a whole other sure. situation. Yeah. That's I, a I was going to say that as well. It's a whole other situation. We're not saying that, so that's not at all. You you need to get help, and you you have every reason to leave if you were being yeah. physically yeah. abused. You're not safe. Get out. You, yeah, you need to get out. But if this is, if it's just become difficult because, as you said, it's loveless and it's not what you know God intended, uh you, you need to figure out how you can become, and there is a way that marriage can become, even a, a difficult marriage can become the greatest tool God could use to grow mm-hmm. you into a beautiful person. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. I was, you just reminded me, if, if you haven't seen it yet, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm crazy about the TV show The Chosen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The depiction of Jesus in that TV show, and they just released um, an episode a few weeks back where Jesus is having a conversation with, uh, they portray one of the disciples as being disabled
1: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: or at least a a physical issue that Jesus has not healed. And Mm -hmm. he comes to Jesus in a very honest way and says, you're sending me out to go do your ministry. In fact, he sends him out to go do healings. And he Mm -hmm. said, how am I an unhealed man going to do this? And And Jesus, in not so many words, he says, What a testimony you will be, the unhealed person offering healing. He said, Mm -hmm. He said, there, and and you got to watch the scene. It's an emotional scene, it's an amazing scene. But I thought of there are some things that those of us who struggle in certain ways are able to portray and to do in this world that people who don't experience that difficulty can never do. And I would say to you, if, by chance, this never changes, there are things, there are people that you can help. Having the experience that you have had in your life that no one else can help. Or there are testimonies that you can give to the life of, of Christ in you, in your situation, that nobody else can, can do quite the way you will be able to do. There is a ministry in suffering. Mm-hmm. And I have seen it. I have felt it in my own life and in the lives of people around me. Um, And I'm I'm not saying that to celebrate what you're going through at all. I'm I'm hopefully, I want to instill some hope in you that even in the situation you find yourself in, that you are not useless to God, as many of us often feel like Mm -hmm. we are. That Mm -hmm. I'm just, here I am, I'm stuck in this situation, and I'm just going to suffer for the rest of my life. Well maybe maybe you are going to suffer.
1: Mm. Truth
0: is we're all going to suffer. Yes. In lots of different ways. But suffering is redeemable in the king in the kingdom of God Absolutely. in multitude of ways that you would not believe and when you would look back at uh you would see so much of God all over it and so much you would feel so much joy over that. I just wanted to paint that picture for you yep. as a yeah. picture of hope for you. Um
1: well and I think I think during this time as we've already said i have found uh that in the difficult relationship i have in the difficult relationships i still have that those were the times and i've talked about it here i've talked about in sermons before that really i now pray through the psalms every day and i have found that's when i started i had i'd been given that suggestion so i started doing that when this relationship was difficult and what i found not just through the Psalms, but by doing this, ultimately by connecting deeper with Jesus, it's in those moments, you know, the Psalms give you language, language I didn't know I was allowed to say, yeah. <laughs> things I didn't know I was allowed to to, to pray for. I knew I was allowed to be angry with God. I didn't know I was allowed to be angry with other people. Hmm. I didn't know that I was allowed to say, yeah, I really do kind of wish right now that they, <laughs> they would be burned up. That might be, that <laughs> might be the best solution that I really want. And by bringing that to God, there's healing that happens. Cause as we said in the previous episode of there are things that when I say them out loud, I go, that really isn't my desire. That really isn't. That is what I feel. When I keep it bottled up, though, it then becomes my desire. But when I'm able to get it out in front of God and say, man, I really do want to pay them back. I really do want them to hurt like I hurt. I really do want them to feel like I feel where I get whatever it is out there before God. And what eventually happens, even when that relationship doesn't get healed, even when there's still some wounds that continue to kind of come when I go to God with him, he really does become my greatest treasure. He really does become my greatest prize because when he becomes what I want most, well then, because he is love, I be, I become more of a person of love, which is more of the person I, I really do wanna be. Right. And as we said, then my experience of it changes. So I do think, not just hope that I can get used for other people, I think there's hope for your experience of this marriage to change.
2: A lot of it has to do with perspective. If you can change your perspective on, I do think marriage was intended for our good. I think that's clear in the scripture. But I don't think that means what Hollywood means. Right. And particularly in our culture, we have been said that marriage has been given for my excitement for me to receive affection and romance. And if I don't get that, then it's not giving me, you have to accept most of the marriages talked about in the Bible were not started with any of that. Yes. So if you take that cultural away, marriage is still meant as a benefit for us. I then have to begin to ask, what benefit could it be for me if romance isn't the benefit, if affection isn't necessarily the benefit? if what could it benefit me? And if I begin to change perspective, it's to, it's to mature me. It's a commitment I make to a person that God intended I wouldn't, I'm just can't, I'm, I'm not i just can not i am not going to get out of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's his intent, it's pretty clear. You know, I don't, I don't mean this, to, and you already know this, because you say it in the thing, God hates divorce. That, yes. That's a statement direct from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Because it was intended for my good when I'm in those kind of situations, there are things I learn about myself and I learn about God that I would not learn when I choose a different path.
1: Well, And, I think and
2: it's not that if you choose a different path, God's done with you. No, That's no. not the case at, not all. at all. But God intends this for your good, even though it's hard.
1: And I meant to add this earlier because we've said it now several times. And I mean, we, obviously we're saying it, so we agree with it, but the marriage is meant to make me holy, not necessarily happy. But then the scriptures, once again, the Psalms, because I come over them over and over again, it says, happy is the person who follows the way of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Happy is the person oh, yes. who does this. That when happiness is my goal, mm-hmm. I end up not getting it. When pleasure and happiness and this is my goal is I want to be, you know, like you said, excited and, and romanced and all of these things are my goal, Uh then somehow everything feels like it never quite gets to 100%. It always feels a little empty. But when my goal is I want to be the most loving person I can, I want to have this connection with God that I can and loving to this person and every person in my life, I find that there is a happiness that comes to that. And Often we talk about the difference between joy and happiness, but in the Psalms, the words are used interchangeably, that there is a happiness that just comes out of learning, and you, as you said, it is a perspective shift. But it's a perspective shift that comes after the behavior is done. Yes. I, I will not be able to get the perspective. It's when Paul talks about "I walk by faith, not sight." You may not get the perspective until you do it. You may have to do the thing, and then you look back on it and go, "Okay, yeah, this was the right. This did make me happier on the back side of it." So,
0: and to to not be completely negative the the path that you ultimately want to see your marriage take, the path where you and your spouse are loving towards one another right. and there is mutuality in your relationship. The only way to that path is yes. the path we're talking about yes. for you. It is. Yes. And so is. I, I I see this all the time with couples who come to me and that, you know, it's always, well, they've got a problem and I need you to help them fix their problem. And and that's never worked. Ever uh, in marriage counseling, but the path of saying what we just described is how do I and I'm you know when I walk into a therapy right. situation in a couple situation I say what how can I love my spouse better how can I uh, become more like Christ in this relationship that f- tills up the ground for change to possibly happen will your spouse change I don't know but I do know this they won't change with you trying to manipulate Yes. But you following the path that we just described is the best way forward for them to either, because then they're going to be faced with with a choice. Either I'm going to reciprocate what I see in my, my spouse who now loves me in, the, in spite of me. Right. They're going to be drawn towards you, which is ultimately what you want in the first place. Or they're going to say, I know, and they'll go the other direction. And either way, you have... You've won in, in that sense. You've done the right thing. Um, so
2: And there are scriptures in the New Testament that indicate it's possible mm-hmm. whether even if you're the husband, there's a passage mm-hmm. about a wife who wins her husband by her godly behavior. Yes I don't think God meant that to be just the wife could do that. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. the husband yeah. could do it as well. It's, yes. It's, there, and there's a passage where Paul says, if you're with an unbelieving spouse, you, they are sanctified by your behavior. Right. You know, whatever, right. whatever that means. That's right. You know, that, that there is promises toward that, that God is at work through your behavior to change your marriage. But, you know, you have to stay in it and become the yes. person you have to work on you. You have to deal with you and your perspective. And yep. that, I know that's not a really popular answer. No, it's not. <laughs>
0: and so to wrap this up, the last thing I wanted to say is um, we want to help. Yeah. I, I will say I would love to talk to you, find out who you are, have a conversation and maybe start that journey with Mm -hmm. you. Um, So reach out. I mean, call me, email me, uh, you know, whatever. Just let yourself be known if you're a part of our church, you know, get in touch somehow. I would love to. And if you're not
2: close by, you know, the benefit is we have online communication these days. We We can can do it it face to face. We can
0: do it virtually if you you want to do that too. So uh, I just wanted to, extend that invitation to whoever asked the question because again uh, my heart goes out to the situation yes. you're in I would love to be a part of helping you walk that journey if if you need it yeah so all right well that's all the time we, we didn't go to, we went right up to time we, okay, we good. we felt like we were gonna go over but I, I was able to keep us in good job I, good I, job, I did I did a good did. job thank you all right <laughs> so uh, next week what is our next question we have a question about how to handle the evil thoughts that are in my head.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord.
2: Because
0: I got lots of
1: Yeah.
2: So you
0: come Maybe back next week.
2: Us. Sounds like Jason asked this question.
1: Oh, it hey. could have. <laughs> it could be any of you them. You
0: don't want to know my evil thoughts. But come back next week, and we'll talk about how to handle them. So y'all, gotta have a, y'all go have a great week, and we'll see you then.
1: Bye.